unders, down your unders. Review and dissection of content from some of the sharpest minds in the game. Hosted by Adam Camilleri, Art of War, down under. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this uh, episode 109 of the Art of War Down Under podcast. Hard to believe. Just seems like a heartbeat ago. This was uh, episode 52. I was just starting this thing out in the middle of COVID. Who would have thought? 109 episodes. We are back to disseminate and review the second half of the Chaos Demons Codex. I'm once again joined by the incomparable Mr. Mark H. Hello, mate. Welcome back to the show. Great to be back on. Thank you for having me. Um, we finished up doing the first half of the review, and since then, I have learned so much more about this book. I uh, I drove in a car with uh, Matt Morisoli to an event and back, so I literally, he just like bombarded me with demon's knowledge and he's like oh and you can do this and you can do that oh but what about this build this build's really good and so yeah well my my knowledge of this book has exploded um with the exception of disciples of bellicor so for this review ladies and gentlemen you'll be able to sit back and enjoy the full review of the little little itty bitty supplements that uh this book is comprised of it's like what did we coin it as last time it's four supplements wearing a, a trench coat and a hat yeah yeah well four uh, and a half that, that was perfect i've, I've used that since then yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and um, we're going to have the Book of Nurgle for you first and the Book of Slanesh, which I'm ex- exceptionally excited about the Book of Slanesh. I've, I think I've been turned on a coin in that one, and I think I'm really excited to unpack that. And then we've got the little bitty bit at the end, we've got the Disciples of Bellicor Army of Renown to disseminate in addition, uh, which I have heard some people talk about, but not super excitedly. So I hope there's there's, there's more there. But those of you who do not know, Art of Lord Down Under is primarily a review podcast. We are here to keep you informed as much as possible. I want to be your one-stop shop for keeping up with the meta, keeping up with new content for the game of Warhammer 40k. We do come from a competitive viewpoint because we are part of Art of War, this on the competitive 40k network, but we are not here exclusively. I want to be an info dump, a place where you can entertainingly sit back and enjoy an hour or two of content and absorb what you need to know to stay current with the game. And if you would like to support what I do, keep the gears moving and oiled and get some extra perks, uh, there is a beautiful second half to, the, half to this podcast that is available for subscribers behind the paywall. You can find it, The Art of War Down Under over on Patreon or theartofwar40k.com look us up there sign up for all that in the addition to the other amazing art of war content but let us truck on where did we leave off brother give us a little bit of a summary of the high points of the book of corn and the book of, of zinch for us so the big thing with the high points of uh book of corn and book of zinch uh book of corn they got a lot better bloodthirsters are definitely something to look at with their toughness eight now yeah. as well as four up saves in both the shooting and the melee phase uh and then i think personally scarbrand excellent um they have a lot more of an ability to mess with people's psychic phase, which is yeah. really helpful. Yep. Obviously, us lacking psychic in whole and some really solid warlord traits and relics that I think really will let corn dominate that that melee phase. I also think the flesh hounds are, are just they're they're pretty aces for their points. So uh, those are the big points on Book of Corn or Book of Blood for corn. And then for Zinch, uh, I would say Flamers, 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 <laughs> flamers, flamers, flamers. I was about to say the same yeah. thing. Possibly yeah. the best data sheet in the whole codex, flamers. Yeah, they're they're amazing. Uh, with without equal, really. And I think it, it's funny because uh, before I talked about, I think Zinch is kind of, in my opinion, the weakest overall. Yeah. But boy, do those flamers carry! <laughs> I mean, it's it's if if you do decide to run a pure Zinch list, 
if you bring 18 flamers and then just the the flamer uh chariots and flamer elites and whatnot you you could still be fine and a pure jinx list at that point because man they do work so i think those are the big highlights out of uh both of those uh the big ones for me in hindsight now that i've had a little bit of time to disseminate it skull taker i think for 110 points is absolutely amazing um and i think mass mass denying of fallback from corn is a mechanic uh, over and above what Mark said. That is a mechanic we have not seen applied wholesale through an army that Corn can bring, and I think those are two very specific things that they have that offer them some nuance and some difference. And I have nothing to add on the Booker's Niche. Flamers, 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 guys! It is just <laughs> a different world. Uh, as, but we are going to be starting off this review for this week with the Great Unclean Ones, the Exalted Great Unclean Ones in the Book of Nurgle, the Book of Plagues, whatever it's called. And the first, so the, these are priced as uh, twenty-five, twenty, and thirty respectively the first of which is at the end of each battle round this is bountiful gifts rather at the end of each battle round if this model is on the battlefield you can retain up to two unspent warp storm points we unpacked the warp storm table last time and we understand that every army has a way to retain some this is a way that'll just cost you 25 points is this is this good mark uh, I mean, it, it's it's playable if you're looking at it, as we kind of talked about before. Unfortunately, an exalted ability is is not the best way to retain warp storm points. Yep. I think zinch. If you just throw in a zinch uh, caster to retain warp storm points, it's giving the least amount to do this uh, action, though it isn't automatic. Uh, so if you are looking to retain warp storm points, I don't necessarily want to go with this one. I don't want to give up an exalted ability when I'm looking at. A big one being the Revoltingly Resilient, which we'll get to at the end of the list. Well, tap us the next one for us. Uh, next one's Hideous Visage. Uh, while an enemy units within six inches of this model, you can sac- uh, subtract one from the leadership characteristic of that model and then subtract one from the attrition test taken for that unit. Uh, and so another way to stack minus one. So with this, if you... if for those of you who don't remember, Corn also has a Warlord trait that does the same thing, and then we inherently do it as demons. So when you're looking at subtracting one from leadership and combat attrition from demons, one from a great unclean one nearby with this, and one from uh, a corn warlord, now you're subtracting three, you get them below, you're subtracting four. You know yeah. what? Throw in, throw in Bellacor or Demon Prince or something for more leadership shenanigans. You can, with, with proper mixing, with like Night Lords or something equivalent, go, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill a couple things and the rest are going to run away, you know, which can be fun. I I don't think it's necessarily what you want to lean into, but I think it's a fun way to build the list. If you're looking to just kind of mess around with the game, you know, obviously it won't yeah. have any effect on things like, you know, Tyranids. your hyper elite armies slash monster mash armies, such as knights and whatnot, or yeah. other big demons players. Um, jumping down for the last one is resulting resilience. This is 30 points. Each time a melee, a melee attack is made against this model, subtract one from the damage characteristic. Uh, I wish it didn't say melee. I wish it said his time and an attack is allocated. Subtract one. The fact that it says melee really annoys me. Uh, for thirty points, it could easily say both. Like it could easily say any any time and attack. Um, yeah, I did. I do wish it had shooting. But I will say, if you're going to choose one, I think this is the best one. If you look, so. is when when we do get into the the stats, one of the things you'll notice about great and clean ones is the fact that they're toughness nine. They're chunk so, man. They're chunk monsters. They're absolutely stacked. As exactly. As so the stuff really... that is doing one damage is typically around strength four, already wounding you on sixes. The stuff that you care about that has Sang- higher strength yeah. is usually Sang-Gard. in the realm of getting taken out of. Then again, the most effect this is going to have is on damage two, damage three weaponry, which tend to have a harder time wounding. But hey, reroll wounds are out there, and so it's, it can be a really good thing that saves you some extra damage 
down the line, especially with the healing abilities that this book has. That's easily the best one for me, Resulting Resilient. But moving on to the Nurgle Stratagems. The first of these is result, Revolting Constitution. It is a 1 slash 2 CP stratagem. Use this stratagem when a Plague Bearers unit from your army is selected as the target of an attack. Until the end of that phase, each time an attack is made against that unit and a modified redraw of 1 to 3 after the attack always fails, irrespective of any abilities the weapon or the model making the attack may have. If it's a power rating of 12 or more on the unit, strat costs 2 CP, otherwise it costs 1 CP. Uh, very annoying they're using power level again. I think this is a very... Th it's a th well, it's a thing they're doing to make demons feel different and, and nuanced, I guess, but points cost or size of units would be much more elegant. Um, transhuman, this, which is what this is. Is this a good thing for Nurgle? Does this add a lot? You're already a high-toughness army, generally. It, it, it can. It's well, So I don't think it really adds that much to Plague Bears because Plague Bears are... You know, they're two wounds. They're T5. That's fine. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I think with with your plague flies when they have with the higher wounds higher toughness and all that sort of thing the things that people are going to be shooting into them uh melta equivalents if you will and whatnot stuff yep. that's actually going to take take them out in one shot if it gets through this can be really helpful on but i i think it helps a little bit i i personally don't like the power rating of 12 or more because of the fact that if in in the it's transhuman in the other versions where we sit there and we see a limit on the numbers of mo models in the unit when the unit gets below a certain amount i do believe that then allows you to spend less uh does, cp yeah. on it whereas this uh, i would say the power rating does stay the same even if you lose the casualties does agreed. it not so agreed it does it's a, it's the the power rating on the unit choice on your data on your, yeah, on your so, army list essentially so, so at that point, you're like, oh, you know, oh, I killed five Space Marines out of the 10-man unit. They're like, well, at least Transhuman costs one now. Mm. And uh, versus we're sitting there and we're like, well, we're down to three Plague Bears, but we're still spending, or we're down <laughs> to uh, one, uh, one fly, yeah. and yeah. we're still spending two CP on it. Yeah. You know? I, I have to use it or else I lose his objective and lose the game, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah. What's the next one? Uh, next one will be uh, Chortling Moraine. Uh, use this stratagem in the shooting phase. Select one enemy unit within six inches of a sloppy biopiper model from your army and roll 1d6 for each model in the enemy unit. For each roll that exceeds the model's toughness characteristic, the model suffers one mortal wound. A unit can only suffer a maximum of six mortal wound per phase as a result of this stratagem. And you can only use this stratagem once. You can only use a strategy once. Uh, so it's one CP. Uh, I'd be perfectly happy for this to be two CP and you could use it every turn. Actually, I'd be happy if you use this. It's, you're within six inches. you got to be within six inches of the enemy unit. Like, yeah, you are up close and absolutely personal with that unit. This, I think I think yeah. I was, like, semi... Like, get, like there's parts of this that make you semi-excited, especially if you start looking at, like, your 25% rule with... Mm. Things like Death Guard, Death Guard minus toughness, and whatnot, yeah. and you're sitting there and you're like, "Oh boy, I'm actually going to get six mortal wounds off of this and whatnot," which is fine. But then they add the six mortal wounds uh, cap on it, which yeah. is reasonable. Oh, I think the once a game started making it, and then six inches also, and I'm like, "Oh man, like it, it'll it'll happen. Someone will get got with this." Uh, it's not that big of a deal. Even the low toughness armies are usually like toughness three on Eldar and whatnot. Yeah. And you're so you're gonna average, you know, if they have a ten man unit, you're averaging five mortal wounds, which is great for one CP. It's it's excellent. But again, you're within six inches of the Eldar for some reason. They're allowing you to be be there pretty yeah. easily. Um, so the, the funny and, thing is though, 
it's it's actually probably fine this is one use only because you're only going to get to use it once because you're right next to them i'm like yeah. i walk up to your army use the strat hope i get to do this again and they're like eh, no dead <laughs> so it's probably what was going to happen anyway um so using it once i suppose isn't as big a deal uh this is fine it's a good strat it's a good strat it's gonna come in handy yeah, i don't know how good a sloppy vile piper is or how worthwhile they are taking but I, yeah, think solid. I think they're solid all right next up is pestilent inspiration for one cp use this strategy at the start of your psychic phase select one legions demonica nurgle psycho model from your army to the end of the phase that model knows all the psychic powers from the warp rot discipline one cp to know all powers that is a good flex yeah because a lot of time you'll spend one cp to permanently lose one of your ability, one of your powers and gain another one this is one cp to open up the whole playbook oh yeah no um what a what a great stratagem for Bellacor. Uh oh man. There it is. There yeah, it is. Yeah, you're you're gonna be using the Noctis discipline a lot with Bellacor and whatnot, but if you see something on the Nurgle table, and you're just like, you know what? I could really use that right now. It's such a cool one CP toolbox for him. Mm. Um I think it's good in general, even if you're not using Bellacor, one CP to go, all right, uh, I need something different. Uh it, if you are utilizing pure nurgle you might not need this very often but when you do it's going to help a lot yeah i think this is that's a really cool strat uh the next one is the just you get extra relic strat so moving on to slime trail uh, this is one cp you just strategy at the start of your opponent's movement phase select one beast of nurgle or horticless slimax unit from your army each time the an enemy unit excluding aircraft or titanic within engagement range of that immune is selected to move roll a d6 on a four plus the enemy unit cannot fall back this turn and he's selected to move. yeah no that's to move. yeah weirdly really weirdly worded but it's just another uh, four plus you cannot fall back uh for one cp when you you know if you it, it could be game winning absolutely game winning Oh yeah, uh, really big. No fallbacks are huge in these pure melee armies, which yeah. they they generally are. Yes, I know flamers and all that sort of thing, but uh, generally speaking, a, a huge chunk of your army are, are melee oriented. So big deal. Well, I can see people like getting flamers into combat in order to not have them shot when like three quarters of the unit they're charging is in combat with beasts or or bloodletters or something, and you just your your sure. flamer touches one guy on the corner, and then they deny fallback, and so one guy can punch the the six flamers, and you know maybe do two, a couple of wounds to one of them, you know that absolutely. that kind of stuff. Uh, absolutely is is there for the picking in the generalship stance. Great strat, great strat. What's the next one? Uh, swarming flies. It's two CP. Use a stratagem in your opponent's shooting phase uh, or the fight phase. Select one legions demonic nurgle unit from your army. Until the end of the phase, each time an enemy model makes an attack against that unit, subtract one from the attack's hit roll. Good, two, good two, old minus one to hit. Yeah, two CP though. Is, yeah, is a I, lot. I understand it. It is a lot, but honestly, I don't feel like this doesn't feel a super CP heavy army. Once you start getting into the game, it's going to be a little C, CP heavy to start with. Yeah, but it, like I said, I don't think this is a very CP heavy army. This will be played and come into play against certain armies. You know, I, it's not the most amazing version of this we've ever seen, but that's okay. Minus one to hit's really solid. You combine it with your Warp Storm ability to give minus two to hit, which can be really relevant in yeah. a world where plus ones exist. Well, I don't want to speak about spoilers, but there's a shoot, there's a certain shooting army that just got a codex leaked that I think uh, minuses might just you might just have to have them in order to have an army. Yeah. So <laughs> let's uh, yeah. put that one on the possibly very powerful in the future um crushing bulk is up next one cp use this stratagem after a plague drones beast of nurgle or great unclean one unit from your army finishes a charge move select one enemy unit with engagement range 
of that unit and roll 1d6 for each model in the charging unit, adding 3 to the result if it's a great unclean one. On a 6+, the unit suffers d3 mortal wounds. On a 9, the unit suffers d3 plus 3. So a great unclean one can, you know, roll a 6 and get d3 plus 3 mortal wounds, or on a 4+, they would get d3 mortal wounds on the charge, uh, whereas Plague Drones and Beast of Nurgle, every 6. Um, and you roll as much as many dice as there is in a unit, yeah? So 5 yeah. flies, 5 rolls. Uh, so, I mean, it's a strat. It exists. <laughs> it's just a, it, it's a, it's a way to get around wound gating, and I think that's pretty much it. When you got a Catan on six wounds and you got to try and get it down that turn, sure. Let's, it's, let's it's, do it. it that, that's a super Hail Mary attempt Absolutely. right there. I'll tell you that. That is, so, that is, I hope I roll a six, then I hope I roll a three on it in the yeah, charge phase. Yeah. Well, what's the, max size, is, sorry, what's the max size units for beasts and uh, play drones for people who don't know? Beasts is three, and I believe plague drones are six. Well, yeah. If you had six so, plague drones, plague drones, fine, I guess. I guess. Yeah, it's it's definitely not something I would I would personally use. Nah, it, uh, doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Corner cases. Uh, what's the last one? Plague banner one CP uses stratagem in the fight phase when uh, demonic Nurgle icon unit from your army is selected to fight until the end of the phase. Each time a model in the unit makes a melee attack or an unmodified wound roll of six, that attack inflicts one mortal wound on the target. And the attack sequence end. Each unit can only do a, suffer a max of six mortal wounds as a result of this stratagem each phase. I don't mind that, but the only icon units I would say is the the blow drones and the, and the plague bearers. Yeah, yeah, I think these are the reason. These and one other psychic power are the reason people are looking at blow drones pretty heavily. Yep. Uh, but I I think it's definitely playable. You want to get through some extra damage, and uh, especially with the blow drones, you do have the weight of attacks to make this a possibility. You know what I mean? Do you still have a bunch of rerolls to wound? Uh, some stuff. No. Okay. Yeah, because that used to be their shtick. They used to have. Stuff all AP, decent damage and strength, no AP, but reals to wound. And so you just uh, just give people lots of saves. Uh, all right. Uh, of the strats, um, I think uh, Pestilent Inspiration is easily the best one. One CP to, to, for a, a Psyker to know every everything for a turn, all the Warp Rot for a turn. Um, very good one CP. Apart from that, nothing else really slaps me in the face is great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... I, I think the uh, the minus one to hit's generic, but it's good. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, and uh, slime trail. Yeah, slime trail is going to be very much a thing that that you can if if you can spread out the wealth a little bit and get into multiple things uh, at once is going to make it a lot more consistent. But and when it does go off, it'll be really backbreaking. Beautiful. Yeah. Jumping down into the Warp Rot Discipline. First of which is Stream of Corruption. This is a Witchfire. It has a Warp Charge value of 6. If manifested, the closest enemy unit within 12 of and visible to the Psyker suffers D3 mortal wounds. If the enemy unit contains 11 or more models, it suffers D3 plus 2. So this is a, a 12-inch Smite that goes up yeah, on a 6. Yeah, that's slightly better against Hordes. That's slightly it's better. Fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Up next. Fleshy Abundance. It's a Blessing. Uh, it has warp charge value of 7. If manifested, you select a Nurgle core unit within 18 inches invisible. Until the start of your next psychic phase, add one to the toughness. This is an excellent power. See, I think yeah. most Nurgle lists are going to have this in yeah, their absolutely. pocket. Absolutely should. That's fantastic. Uh, it's a 7. I mean, it's Nurgle, so it's fluffy. But seven's <laughs> not as reliable as some. But plus one toughness is very powerful. Um, all right, next up is Nurgle's Rot. Which fire has a warp charge value of 7? 
If manifested, roll 2d6 for each enemy unit within 6 of the Psyker. If the result is higher than the highest toughness characteristic of models in that unit, they suffer d3 mortal wounds. If the result is at least double the highest toughness characteristic of models in that unit, suffers d6 mortal wounds instead. It's a nice little combo piece with Death Guard again. Um, but is it any good? Uh, I think it is if you give it to Bellicor, fly Bellicor in the middle of someone's Eldar army. Yep. You know? And just let loose because when you're toughness three, two d six, you're probably getting d six mortal wounds. Honestly, the 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 average on two d six is seven. Seven. So I think being able to do a more consistent of uh, version of Mortarion's old Codex ability uh, yeah. back in eighth edition, where he would go into the middle of someone's army and on four plus do d three mortal wounds. I think this is actually like pretty solid. And in most armies with a m- decent amount of toughness for, you're just looking to roll an even just an eight, just a little bit above the average, and you're doing D6 mortal wounds. I think this is uh, an excellent spell, in my opinion. I think so, too. Uh, using um, Bellicor's Warp Locus as well to deep strike something in that then uses this to deep strike it in nice and close, I think it's really good. This is also an absurd way of defending your own backfield when you can deep strike within three of a bunch of different units, if they're really trying to pressure your backfield and then just pulse out like just an absurd amount of mortals. Um, oh yeah. So yeah. yeah. Uh, the fact that this can be applied quite well from deep strike in some niche situations, like you could, you could just catch somebody out, drop an infantry character that has this, you know, CP if you need to, and just pulse out a bunch of models. Sounds, sounds pretty good to me. It sounds like something people need to know about as well, because I might get caught. Uh, what's the next oh, one? Yeah. Uh, Shriveling Pock. It's a warp charge value of six. If manifested, select one enemy model within 18 inches invisible to the Psyker until the start of the next psychic phase. They subtract one from their toughness characteristic of all models in that unit. Great to combo with the previous psychic power. So, yeah, 18 of invisible. So range is pretty good. Six is not too bad to cast. Minus one. T- yeah, I like it a lot. It's really good. Um, oh, yeah. Virulent Blessing. So warp charge value of six. If manifested, select one friendly uh, Legends Demonica Nurgle core unit within 18 of invisible to the Psyker. To the start of your next psychic phase, add one to the damage characteristic of melee weapons, models, and unit recruit with well, plus one damage on a six uh, to cast. That is quite spicy. Yep. Again, a great reason to take those flies. The flies need a little bit of support, but you can obviously see in this codex that the flies have, they definitely have it. And so it, it'll be interesting to see people lean into the flies a little more. It's really going to depend if you can keep the things both alive and around mm-hmm. uh, close enough, which most of these support things are 18 inches, so it shouldn't be too bad. But uh, with their movement in Nurgle, they have a higher movement than the rest of the stuff, usually around double and all yep. that sort of thing. You just got to make sure you don't get too far out because once they lose that support, they're not as worth what uh, what they are with the kind of support you have from things like this. Dude, this, this discipline so far is amazing. Um, anyway, okay. what's the last one? Uh, Mal- uh, Malodorous Paul. Has a warp charge value of 8. If manifested, select one enemy unit within 18 inches and visible to the Psyker until the start of the next Psychic Phase. That enemy unit cannot perform actions, and if they are performing an action, it immediately fails. And they lose the objective secured ability. Once again, great power. Yes! Uh, Maybe not as good in Nurgle, because as we'll talk about in a minute or so, uh, there are other ways to lose OPSEC from Nurgle. So with a warp charge value of 8, Still a great psychic power. I'd still probably take it, honestly, especially yep. with it having a range of 18. Well, seeing as we've gone through the strats and the exalted abilities, and we've yet to see something that gives you plus to cast, I think an 8 yep. is going to be a hard pill to swallow. Unless there's something coming up, like a relic or a wall trait, that's like, you know, you cast on 3d6, or you, you have plus 1 or plus 2 to cast. Um, an 8 might just be enough to keep this on the shelf, even though it's a very good power. 
Dude, but seriously, like, it's not like you're, you're like, oh, no, I can't take a Melodorous Pearl. You have, like, legitimately four amazing options here. Fleshy Abundance, plus one toughness. Oh, yeah. Shriveling Pox, minus one toughness. Nurgle's Rot, Virulent Blessing. Like, they're all four. those are four premium powers. Take, pick your poison. They're all good. Yeah, Nurgle Discipline impresses me more than the Zinch. Me too. Yes. Yeah. Like, honestly. Yeah, hands down, dude. It does more mortals as well, which is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Wall of Traits, a first of which is Heaving Mass. Love it. Uh, add two to the Wall of Wounds characteristic. Yeah, cool. Fair enough. All right, next one. Uh, I, acidic Icor. Each time this ward loses a wound as a result of a melee attack made by an enemy unit, after the attacker's model's unit has finished making its attacks, roll a d6 on a 4 plus the enemy unit suffers one mortal wound. Each unit enemy... So each can only suffer a maximum of six mortal wounds per phase as a result of this ability. Interesting, or is it? It's it's fine. So you'd need... You'd probably want that on something like a great unclean one, though I think there's probably better better stuff to to put on it mm-hmm. honestly and and you'd have to suffer 12 wounds and then you'd do your six back now i will say uh you know if multiple units charge into the great unclean one it can dole out an art amount but you're needing to get hurt in order for this to be effective yeah so well it's you take 12 wounds that aren't dead so there's there yeah. is that and you know you can only take 12 wounds and not die once yeah <laughs> so yeah of your total uh so yeah that is the thing uh, next up, uh, by rule and touch, each time this warlord make um, uh, makes a melee attack, if a hit is scored, that attack automatically wounds a target. Ooh, Best okay. one, in my opinion. This that's, one's amazing. That's I love resource. this one. I'm assuming most of your characters hit on twos. Yeah, Rodigus and Grand Clean ones, they hold you on twos. So two plus to hit and to wound. Uh, that's really cool. Yeah, it's it's amazing, especially when you're looking at stuff like if you want to put it on a Demon Prince or something that has good AP and good uh, damage, but maybe lacks the strength to crack open something like a Knight. And you're just like, okay, well, I'm going to hit, and that's it. That's all I have to do. Yep, don't mind against, that at all. Uh, not, not against Titanic units, though, so maybe not Knights, but other stuff, maybe another, maybe something else that's uh, kind of nurgly, you know? Um, next up is Plague Fly Hive, while an enemy is in six of this Warlord. Uh, they subtract one from attacks, uh, melee attack, sorry, a minus one to hit while they're within six. So they don't need to be attacking the Warlord, it's just while they make a melee attack within six. Uh, and they can't start to perform any actions uh, whilst within six. So that can be pretty cute, actually, because like you can just, well, deep strike this guy onto the center objective if your opponent took um, Warp Ritual, and then they can't perform Warp Ritual. Oh yeah, absolutely. It, it can definitely have some play. Might not be my... Fair choice just because of the fact that typically if I'm within six of something, I'm going to prevent it from doing actions anyways. I'm ideally just getting into it or killing it. So, but it definitely has some, some pretty cool play. And if, if you're not needing the killiness of the, uh, virulent touch, it can definitely be a solid second pick. Nice. Uh, overflowing fecundity. Anytime an attack is made against this warlord and unmodified of wound, uh, wound roll of one to three, Automatically fails, irrespective of any abilities that the weapon or model making the attack have. Yeah, I mean, obviously a ground clean one's never going to take that, right? Because you're already toughest nine. Yeah, you're you're making you're you're essentially getting a minus one to wound against certain knight weapons. So yeah, very specific knight weapons. <laughs> That's perfectly said. Uh, when it comes to great unclean ones. Yeah, or yeah. demolisher cannons, because we see those all over the place, don't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. lots of guard players out there. Um, Pelist- uh, Pestilent Miasma is the last one. At the start of the fight phase, roll one d6 for each enemy with engagement range of the warlord. On a two to five, they suffer one mortal wound. On a six, they suffer d3 mortal wounds. Never heard of get out of here never take that one 
Yeah, that one's that one's one mortal wound on a two to five for yeah. engagement range. If it was oh, a, if it was an aura, yeah. you know, of of like six inches or whatever, and you wanted to try and do this combined with the the bomb of the power, then maybe. But just engagement range, nah, I'm good. Yeah, yuck. Um, virulent touch, hands down, the best of yep. the best of the pile. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Epidemus comes with virulent touch. Um, Horticus Lamas comes with acidic icor, which is the one where they take mortal wounds after you take damage. And Rodigus comes with pestilent miasma, which uh, is the worst one. So <laughs> that sucks. Yep. <laughs> you just don't buy him. Um, first of the relics, mate, take it away. Uh, Horn of Nurgle's Rot. Each time the bear is selected to fight after the attacks have been resolved, you can select one friendly plague bear infantry core unit, wholly within 18 inches of the bear, uh, bear to be replenished. Roll 1d6 for each enemy model that was destroyed. For each 4+, you can return one destroyed model to the Plague Bears unit uh, with their full wounds remaining to a maximum of three models per turn. These models cannot be set up with engagement range unless they're already engaged, and a unit can only be replenished once per turn. So this is one of the few ways, uh, possibly the only way, I'll have to double-check to actually replenish Plague Bears. Mm. Um, I think it's this and the Bell, I believe, are the only th- ways to do it. And it's fine. You have to kill a lot to consistently get your three. You got to kill six things and yeah. then have plague bears unit that suffered, you know, the losses and whatnot. It's, it's cute. If you want to do a regeneration list and stuff like that. Yeah. It's after the attacks. It, like if you just, if it just regen, if it was just taking a thing to, you know, Rian as if you were a, a Necron, so to speak, you didn't have to kill anything. Uh, this would be fine. The fact that you have to get plague bears into combat in order to possibly trigger this and then have a chance to get guys back. Probably not. Yeah. Um, entropic, the Entropic Nell. Um, in your command phase, select one enemy unit within 12 of this model to the start of your next command phase. Enemy units cannot benefit from that enemy unit's aura abilities. For the purposes of determining which player controls an objective marker, treat the number of models uh, in that unit as having half its current model count rounding up. That's very interesting. We haven't seen that uh, mechanic before, I don't believe. Yeah, I, I would like this more if it said something like uh, take away OPSEC or something like that. Yeah. But then again, there are, like I said before, there are other ways in Nurgle to do that. Yep. So uh, counting the m- number of models, especially in a list, if you go pure Nurgle and you're like heavy into the Plague Bears where you have a lot of OPSEC on the field and you're not really worried about OPSEC, then it's just a numbers game. Hmm. Dropping number of models in half is actually really solid in that case. Yeah, totally fair, mate. Uh, what's the next one? Tomb of a Thousand Poxes, Psyker model only. The bear knows one additional psychic power from the Warprot discipline, and each time the bear attempts to manifest psychic power from the Warprot discipline, it must be a psychic test of seven. Uh, If if the result is a psychic test of seven, it cannot be denied. I don't like this one personally, just because, one, it just lets you know an additional psychic power. Generally speaking, uh, models have... Psychers have a number of casts equal to the number of additional powers they can learn, and then also they have smite in in the back. So just knowing an extra one is not necessarily that helpful as also being able to cast an extra one. And then it's only on a seven, not a seven plus, to make it undeniable. That's that's a, I, yes, it's the most common dice roll technically, but it's not that common. You know what I mean to rely on it. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, mate. And knowing another power, I mean, Warprot is very good though. So knowing another power doesn't seem that awful to me. True. If you're if you're only taking one, uh, if you're only taking one Nurgle Psyker, 
then this gives you a lot of flexibility. Though I think if you are taking like a pretty heavy Nurgle list, uh, then you know it'll it'll save you command points. So here's here's a big way to look at it. If you're not maxing out on your on your relics already, and you're looking at yourself going, I know in this mat, or I know that over my games, I usually use the one CP to learn the rest of the powers so that I can cast this one extra spell sometimes and whatnot. Yep. Then might as well spend the one CP on an extra relic, and yeah. then you just yeah. have that in the back, and just- it saves you CP t- sometimes. But Again, I, I think there's enough good psychers in here, especially if you look at like your great and clean one and some of your other stuff, it, that you probably have all the spells you want in the back. Mm. And then if later in the game stuff dies and you need a specific spell, you still have the one CP to you know go back through your list and go, all right, I have all the psychic powers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, perfectly said. Um, all right, next up, uh, Corruption. Uh, select a one melee weapon the bearers are equipped with. This is the same that all the gods have had so far. Add one to the damage characteristic of that weapon. Each time an attack is made uh, with that weapon is allocated to models. Uh, that model cannot use any rules to ignore the wounds it loses, and is now considered to be a relic for all rules purposes. Uh, cool. I don't know how relevant it is to Nurgle. So, Mark, this is a big deal. Oh, I think this is a huge deal. You put this on a Demon Prince along with my rule and touch, so twos to hit automatically wound, oh, and they're not allowed yeah. to damage mitigate. Yeah. You're going to cleave through something like Abaddon, or you're going to cleave through something like, you know, the 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 Nightbringer with your 185-point Nurgle Demon with a sword just hitting on twos, and you go, all right, let's just go to your invuls. You can't mitigate this. That's uh, fantastic. That, that's excellent to me. Yes, I think that is absolutely awesome. All right, uh, what's the next one? Uh, Effluvior. Uh, this is a model with a plague fail, flail only. It replaces the plague flail and has the following profile. It's an assault 3d3, strength 1, AP3, damage 3. And then each time an attack is made with this weapon, it is a range of 7, just so everyone's tracking the range too. Uh, the damage it inflicts is not lost, so it just spills over damage. So... Mathematically, this is actually a pretty decent weapon when you look at it this way. So at strength plus one and AP three on your on your great unclean ones flail, that's going to be decent strength. You have assault three d three. That is statistically six shots. Yep. You know you hit hit on threes, so four of them go through at AP three. It's really hard to save against. That's you know twelve damage spilling over. That's you know twelve one wound models. And, or it's just flat three damage each, you know, that may be a couple of Terminators and whatnot. So I, I think it's solid. I do think when you have other stuff like uh like corruption, this might just be a secondary one if yeah. you decide to take a green green unclean one with the flail. Yeah, I agree I agree with that. This is cute. I wish it had a bit more range. I understand that seven is fluffy. I mean seven, but uh if this was twelve, fifteen, hell, if this was eighteen, it would be baller. And just put Just do fourteen in- inches. It's a div- it's divisible by seven. They've done it before where they're like, Oh, this is fourteen, this is twenty one, it's divisible by the number. So yeah. I mean yeah, I agree. I think it could have more range on it for sure. All right, last one, endless gift. At the start of your command phase, the bearer regains a up to a number of lost wounds equal to the current battle round number. That's cute. I don't know if it's good, but it's cute. Yeah, I mean, there's some decent recovery in this book and whatnot. And when you're looking at a great and clean one, it's it's it depends on how heavily invested you are on protecting your stuff and whatnot. Overall, if you were to suffer damage every round, let's be real, you're probably not going to suffer much damage in round one. If you are yep. suffering a bunch of damage or whatever in round one, getting one back, then at a round two, you would 
regain two, you're yeah, you're probably in a bad way if your great unclean one's like, oh man, I really need two w- wounds, and it's the beginning of <laughs> yeah, round two. Yeah. <laughs> so, By golly, if only I had that rally right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Like, like, oh, what, what happened? What did you do? <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, like, if your opponent only has chip damage in order to kill a great unclean one, and they make it to turn three, they're pretty unkillable, right? Because then they get four back and they get five back. You know, GG, too bad, so sad. Can't can't do it now. Yeah, overall, it's about it's about because you're not going to get anything first time this happened. Well, I guess you could because uh, it's at the start of your command phase. So if you take second turn, so overall, it's uh, six plus it's fifteen wounds over the course yeah. of the game. It's fun, and you have other ways to heal too. So don't don't discount that. With this combined, you could be very close to death in the fourth or. Uh, fifth round and then all of a sudden there's a huge extra chunk to take out of them yeah. if they haven't died yet yeah agreed um it could be a very frustrating thing for your opponent to try and to try and deal with as well especially if they're losing resources at the same time so i don't hate that i don't hate it but i think it's a, a right right meta right time kind of thing like yeah when tau yeah, ain't, sure. ain't it and short stumpy guys might not be you know dealing 20 damage to you in a phase and stuff anyway <laughs> more about them in a couple of weeks or months who knows uh all right after some notable data sheets my dude um naturally i think we're going to talk about beasts right yeah yeah oh absolutely i think beasts are are in my opinion the number one winners here with the pox riders being pretty solid as well and a couple hqs that are good well, yeah, uh, so Beast of Nurgle, f- straight up, they are 80 points per model, but for that, you will get movement 6, weapon skill 4+, plus, strength and toughness 6, 7 wounds, 6 attacks, and a 5-up slash 4-up save, and they have melee attacks, of which there are 6 each, of strength plus, uh, strength user, sorry, rend 2, 2 damage, each time attack is made with this weapon, and a modified hit roll of 6 inflicts 2 mortal wounds, and the attack sequence ends. In addition, this unit can make a 6-inch heroic intervention, and this is the this is the crazy one. Um, at the end of each phase, if a model in this unit has lost any wounds but was not destroyed, that model regains all its lost wounds. Uh, wow. 80 points is a lot, though, brother, for something that only hits on 4s in the melee phase. You know, it doesn't shoot or anything. But tell us why you, you are very high on these guys. Alright, so a couple things. One, don't discount the mortal wounds. It is a unique thing that we get mortal wounds off of hits rather than wounds. It is sixes to hit. On six attacks, you average one. So that's two mortal wounds right there. Uh, yes, it's hitting on fours, but also they're AP2 damage too. That's nothing to sneeze at, you know? Very respectable. Uh, their movement, not bad. And their toughness and their wound count. Absurd. Toughness six, wound count of seven. It's wild. You know, they're, they're thick. <laughs> but the... The ability to heroic intervene and the ability to heal the wounds they lost in each phase, each phase, that's important. Do not underestimate chip damage in this game. There are plenty of times where you sit there and you you have to acknowledge that, okay, I'm, I'm going to whittle this piece down. I'm going to take this down. It's going to take me a turn or two. With the Beast of Nurgle, I think they're, they're best as one-ups. Rather than having yep. squads of twos and threes. If you're facing against an army that's really easily able to go, all right, I'm going to pick up a Beast of Nurgle, no problem if they come into my zone. Well, then leave them back. They can actually babysit stuff perfectly fine because of that heroic intervention. Yeah. Because of that heroic intervention, they can go into something and go, all right, you want to you want to fight? We can fight. And in those instances, you leave them back. But when you're looking at an opponent's army and you sit there and you go, there's not necessarily one really good way for them to take this out. They're going to have to either overcommit or 
they're going to not be able to dig their way out as I slowly whittle certain things down, like your your 100-point, 140-point, 180-point squads. You're just sitting there with them. And commonly, when you have an 80-point unit versus another unit that's maybe double their cost, typically what happens is your 80-point unit or 100-point unit gets halfway taken out. Then the next turn, they're fully taken out, and you stall them for a little bit. With this... You can't do that. You're going to sit there and you're going to whittle a little bit of theirs. They're going to take half of him out and then he's going to regenerate. Then you're going to little whittle a little bit of them. They take a third of them out. He regenerates. And you're going to sit there and either stay there trading point for point during the game mm-hmm. or you'll trade point for point for part of the game, pick them up and move on to trade point for point later. And they're a great tie up unit, in my opinion. That's I love the So. It looks like demons are mostly going to be an aggressive army. They're not going to be a sit back and stall. I don't feel like they have the secondaries to sit back, do nothing like Necrons and Sisters can. Um, yeah, yeah. They're going to be a pretty aggro army. Having a single beast of Nurgle with a six inch heroic intervention just sit on your two backfield objectives just seems awesome to me. Seems absolutely awesome. What are you, what are you going to do? You're going to send him with five intercessors? He'll actually win. It'll take him a turn or two, but that beast of Nurgle will beat those five intercessors down, hands down, easily every time. Um, one dies on the hit roll. Uh, six six attacks, one's dead. Cool. And then, you know, two or three of those attacks hit, and then they wound, then one or two of them wounds. Or maybe you kill another one. So two dead. They do one or two that wounds to you. Don't care. Regen. It's just going to win. Yep. It's going to grind away at anything that you think is going to come and deny you points, and eventually probably going to win it. And I think that's amazing. All right. Tell us a story about the Plague Drones, my man. So the Plague Drones, as we talked about before, uh, they have really good support because they are core and they are Plague Bearer units. So they have keyword plague bear and they have keyword core which is really big so when you sit there and you look at uh their stats they are toughness six they are five wounds apiece strength five their number of attacks is pretty solid they have a malefic two and a malefic four along with base two attacks each three on the sergeant and they have an assault d3 strength four ap1 damage one blast weapon so and then unmodified hit rolls of six automatically wound the target so you're looking at this and you're like, that's not bad, especially, you know, when we get into points and stuff like that, their power level six and whatnot. So once you add another one to this unit, they will go to 12. So if you use the the transhuman ability, it will cost you two in this in in that setup when you have your six plague drones. But they have movement 10, which is pretty unique in yep. Nurgle. Nurgle's very slow. They have a huge amount of attacks. While you can't modify the attack. Uh, attacks or the characteristics of the malefic weapons uh you can still give them the mortal wound capability um and you still can give them uh you know a lot of the buffs that are relegated to core and whatnot and i honestly i think they have the toughness and especially when you look at using the spell to make them toughness seven now they're toughness seven five wounds apiece eating through 70 wounds on toughness seven with a five up save against melee four up save against shooting that's tough, man. That's really, really tough to eat through that. It is, man. It really is. Um, we're having to, yeah, because you can have up to six in a unit. Yeah, it's, it's two to five plague drones plus a plague bringer. Uh, so the, the unit size is pretty good. Eight attacks per guy, like eight attacks in totality, and nine on the sergeant, um, of a bunch of varying different. Um, I mean, the plague sword is strength five minus two, one. 
and uh, a six to hit automatically wounds. The foul foul mouth pass. I was sitting here in my head reading out the names of the different things, and I just had a an old British man who's gone to the a pub in a, ru- a rural like or rowdy suburb, talking home, walking home, talking to his mates, being like, "By Jove, there was some foul mouth pass on that gent, wasn't there?" Is that a prehensile proboscis i would i would dare say you know um which is the <laughs> that's just so funny the names of wow. these things um so foul mouth parts is strength five minus two two and you get two malefic attacks for that and the prehensile proboscis is a uh, strength four minus two one with four attacks there so actually this is decent well there's some actual rend for nurgle now which i think is really good too so yeah i'm pretty high on these how many points will they run you a pop uh, the points overall on uh, pop, I believe they are about 140 for a squad. Let me double check. It's it's nurgly. That would be very nurgly for 140 for three. Yeah, I have to pull up my points. Sorry about that. No, that's interesting, dude. Take your time. I'll race you. Oh, yeah. The race is on. Uh, uh, 45 per model. 45 per model, so that's what, 135? Yeah, close yeah, enough. So it's close, One, 135. So you're looking at 270 for a group of six. Which, again, 270, you have 30 wounds at toughness 7. They are, for 270, with a massive attacks, you're getting better toughness rates returns than uh, some greater demons, for sure. And it's spread across models, which inevitably makes wounds a little more... It's it's not a perfect conversion when you have wounds spread across models because spillover doesn't typically happen. Yep. So, you know, someone deals rolls that six on a melta and whatnot well three of the wounds are lost against these guys versus if you roll a six six wounds on a melta in melta range on a base and get the eight damage it's going to fully apply to a greater demon so yeah they have a really solid resilience conversion for point for point i like it all right moving on from nurgle we will jump into the book of pleasures the bit of slanesh in here the little part of the slanesh you know in the trench coat uh the exalted keepers they get three abilities like all the others they start at 35 25 and 20 points i'm just going to do all three the first one is diphanius yeah diphanius panoply uh, each time a range attack is made against this bottle, subtract one from the wound roll. Oh yeah, I'm happy that's still here. Um, Epicurean of Agonies. Each time this model makes a melee attack and a modified hit roll of six, scores one additional hit. And Insatiable Onslaught. Add two to advance and charge rolls are made for this model. Uh, I like all of these. The middle one, probably yep. the least, but the first and the last are extremely good. Plus two move in advance and then minus one to wound from shooting. Oof. Oh yeah. To me, these are the... Uh, Slanesh definitely made out like fiends. No pun yeah. intended. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely made out like fiends on the exalted table because this is the first one where every single one I go, I would take that. If I was running a pure Slanesh list, yeah. I would exalt all three of my keepers if I'm running three keepers because the worst one is Explosive. extra hit roll of six yeah. uh, scores an additional hit. It's it's 25 points. Like. Yeah. That's, that's so good for 25 in my opinion comparatively to other stuff add two to the advance and charge rolls the charge roll portion is what i care about yeah. because if that's the one i'm going to put in deep strike come out of deep strike from a loci i'm six inches away i have to make oh, a four inch four. charge mm. amazing and then obviously minus one to the wound roll on range attacks i they I, it's just it's just great they're it's all good just great. yeah this is the first time i've been i've been truly excited about the i mean the only one i would say that is possibly better than these is the wound cap for for corn but yep. these are better than all the the ones below that. Uh, yep, this is phenomenal. Oh, yeah. These are these are all phenomenal. Um, all right, what's the first of the strats, brother? Thirst for souls, one CP, and you get to basically choose any 
Slanesh unit from your army when it's selected to fight. And when it makes a melee attack against an Eldari unit, you can reroll the hit roll and you can reroll the wound roll. That's so we fine. get a we finally get the mirror of these yeah. of the Eldari stratagem they have against us. Good. Um, next up is Razor Sharp Caress. Is one CP. You discharge him in the fight phase when a Demoness unit from your army is selected to fight. To the end of the phase, each time model that unit makes a melee attack and on a modified wound roll of six, increase the armor penetration of that attack by one. So one CP for a little baby shuriken on the sixes, and they do have a lot of attacks, guys. So I think this is not bad. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I'm not really a big fan of sixes to wound do extra AP. Usually the mortal wounds is is things i'll consider but in this rare case there are enough attacks to possibly justify it in certain cases for sure agreed uh endless dance for one cp use a stratagem in the fight phase with a demon nets unit from your army is selected to fight until the end of the phase each time a model in that unit makes a pylon or consolidation move it can move an additional three inches uh this does not uh this is not a cumulative with any other role that increases the distance you can pile in or consolidate. Extra movement is always good. I've said it a million times. Extra movement yeah. is always good. You want CP to just like move an extra six inches, essentially, if you, if you use oh, it correctly. Yeah. Really good. Really good. Um, and this is one of the reasons that I think um, Korn and Slanesh actually go together quite well, because they've got their, you know, um, uh, devout push-esque extra move, and Demonets have a little bit of extra move, and so they can just be a little bit extra, because um, we know they are. All right, Impossible Elegance, 1 CP. You discharge him at the start of the fight phase. Select one Legion's Demonica Slanesh character model from your army, excluding vehicle units. To the end of the phase, each time a melee attack is made against that unit and a modified hit roll of 1 to 3 always fails, irrespective of any abilities the weapon ha or the model has. So Slanesh character gets trans-hitman um, in the fight phase for 1 oh God, CP. God, it's so good. This oh is the best stratagem in the book. It's, it's really so good. Really good. Uh, you you sit there and like one of the things that uh I've I've been talking about so I, I was having a debate with uh, somebody about you know Tau and stuff like that because uh, some people are still convinced that uh, Tau have a fine matchup against them and I I personally don't don't think they do but I could be wrong we'll see when they start hitting tournaments and whatnot but this is a big reason why because if you do something like like again Bellacor is a problem I'm going to bring up Bellacor he's he's so he's, this is this is only fight phase though yeah. This is only five phase. Oh locks, yeah, so. it is in the five phase. Dang, yeah. never mind. Yeah. So uh, this it's is still good. It's still, still freaking good. good, man. Things like yep. Sangata everywhere. They're gonna come in hitting on twos, and you're gonna be like, ah, minus two to hit, mate. Usually doesn't work. Ah, it works versus you. True. Uh, yeah, re really good. When it's good, it's we gonna do be have lots awesome. of stacks in the shooting phase for minus minus to minus hit anyway. Two. So yeah. this is fine in the fight phase. Not as good as I thought it was. I definitely need to uh, need to re reread some of this stuff, totally. but uh, it yeah, happens. yeah, no, it's still not bad though. When you get into the fight phase and you're making people. Uh, fail their hit rolls on ones through threes, especially for your uh, some of your greater demons and whatnot. Then you can really put a hurt on somebody's somebody's I, day. I have been coined in the past as being something of a connoisseur of hype, and like my mind runs away with excitement when I read something the way I want to read it. Uh, so yeah, yeah, do not. I will not besmirch you that in all in in, in any way. Next strat is the extra relics strat. So skipping it. What's the one after that, mate? Uh, next one after that is Melodic Delirium. Use this stratagem at the start of the opponent's psychic phase. Select one Fiend unit from your army until the end of the phase. The unit has the following ability. While enemy psychers are within 12 inches of this unit, each time a psychic test is taken by that unit, subtract two from the result. I really wish this was just on their data sheet, you know? Me too. Because they used to have a always have a minus one, right, on their data sheet? To cast. Uh, they used to have no fallback on their data As sheet well. for yeah. anything that didn't fly, which was amazing. Unfortunately, we lost that. 
Fair enough. Um, this is still pretty good. Like when you when you want it, you're gonna. I mean, playing T Suns, you're playing GKs. You're gonna be very happy you got this. Yeah, I I, I guess for for me because your smites are eighteen or, or eighteen inches. Typically, what's gonna happen is if if you do get within twelve, they're gonna have some stuff outside of twelve. Yeah, they're gonna smite down the the uh, fiend first and foremost, and they're gonna go. Okay, now that that's dealt with, let's move on with the psychic phase. So. I think unless you have a big unit of fiends that you can get really close and is Hit. is you're willing yeah. to make a sacrifice for one CP and whatever points they are, uh, there is still times where they're just going to get picked up anyways in the psychic phase because of the range of typical uh, typical stuff, typical psychic powers. All right. Uh, next up is race through the warp one CP. You distract him in your command phase. Select one Legion's Demonica Slanesh vehicle unit from your army, excluding Soul Grinders, ba-bow, from your army. Remove that unit from the battlefield and place it into strategic reserve. Um, yeah, it's cute, I guess. I don't know how good the vehicles are. I'll, I'll let you expound upon that when we get to the data sheets. But on face value, uh, I don't know how the, I feel about this. Just because the base sizes of the units, once you pick them up, it's actually really kind of, can kind of be hard to find them a good place to put them back down again. And strategic reserve, it's not deep strike reserve, is it? So you don't get to, yeah. You have to walk on from a battlefield edge. So if this was to one CP, put them into deep strike reserve, like as in they come in nine away, three away, six away, whatever it is on the leadership thing. This would be amazing, but it's not. Yeah, I mean it's it's a good way to like the the I will say the Slanesh vehicles are semi aggressively costed, and so it's not bad to pay you know seventy five points and go well I have something that can get back there if I need to especially when you're trying to get stuff like certain table quarters and whatnot and just the threat of being able to do it I think this will definitely be a stratagem that you see more more use out of threatening and it's one of those cases where letting your opponent know you can do something has a better effect than just being able to do it uh, yeah. so so, uh, yeah, I think it has value, but maybe not in the way of typical use. Fair enough. What's the last one? Uh, Rapture is standard. It's basically one CP for a, uh, a core unit with their banner and, or an icon unit. And you get to reroll all hits in the fight phase. Okay. One CP for all hits. Yes, please. That is very not, fine. Not bad. Very fine. Not bad. All right. The soul stain discipline. They love. <laughs> Soul stain. All right. Uh, Cacophonic Choir. This has been their best power in many in addition. So let's see if it holds up in this one. Is a Witch Fire Watch Charge value of 7. If manifested, roll 3d6. The closest enemy unit within 18 of invisible to the Psyker suffers one mortal wound. For each point, the result excludes that that exceeds that enemy unit's leadership characteristic to a maximum of 6 mortal wounds. Yes, please. That is a great power. Yeah, I think it's really solid. Your average on 3d6 is 11, so obviously, well, it's 10.5, but you give minus one for being a demon. You can give an additional minus one with your Warstorm points. You can give additional minus ones through other means, whether they be Warlord traits or, uh, you know, if you want to build for it, relics and whatnot, uh, or just by having Bellicor nearby. So you could end up pretty reasonably at a minus three, I believe. Uh, there, we'll go later down here, and you can actually get to a minus five really reasonably with some psychic powers and whatnot. So even if you're looking at something that is, say, leadership nine, you know, a, a decent leadership unit, then you minus it by five or minus it by three, we'll say six. So you're looking at a five mortal wound. It's still closest unit. So, you know, uh, that's neither here nor there. But uh, 
it's still a solid, solid cast, I think. I think overall, the 3D6 is really big. If it was 2D6, then not as much, but 3D6 really pushes it. I think it's phenomenal. And keep going, mate. Tell us about the next power. Oh, Symphony of Pain, Malediction, if manifested, select one within 18 inches, invisible to the Psyker. Till the start of Psychic Phase, each time the melee attack made by the model uh, of that unit, subtract one from the attack's hit roll and wound roll. So, what's, the, what's the casting value? Oh, sorry. The casting value is seven. Seven? So, it, it's honestly really good. minus one from a hit roll and a wound roll. Yeah, man. Now, I will say this. If you're playing Slanesh and you're looking at things like Greater Demons and whatnot, uh, they naturally have a minus one to hit anyways. And then you're going to have uh, both Bellacor and also Shalaxi are minus one to wound in the melee phase. So unless you're worried about your opponent stacking pluses, then not as good in those cases, but still solid to... For you know, normal keepers getting a minus one to wound in melee, and perfectly fine if you sit there and use that psychic power on one thing and then throw some demonettes in, and yeah. you know your low toughness can be a bit of a hindrance sometimes. So that minus one to hit, minus one to wound can really help up their resilience, oh. which is kind of needed. I mean, you put this at a six or a five, and you'd be very happy for either one of those, even minus one to hit or minus one to wound. Having them both at a seven, absolutely acceptable. And eighteen inch yeah. range for casting is very, very easy to put off if yep. you get just get into the middle of the board. Um, and not, not nearest. So. Yes, exactly. Not nearest as well. Pick your poison. Um, Hysterical Frenzy is up next. This is a blessing with a warp charge value of 7. If manifested, select one friendly Legion's Demonica Slanesh core unit within 18 of Invisible to the Psyker until your next Psyche phase. Plus one attack. And each time the model makes an attack on a modified hit roll 6, scores one additional hit. Wow, that is two good buffs stuck together. Um, and once again, it's a seven to cast. All three so far have been a seven to cast. So this is this is a not an easy to cast discipline. Even if the rest are fives and sixes, this is not an easy to cast discipline. Historical frenzy. Uh, so far, I want to take all three of these powers. Just just straight up, I want all three. These, yeah. these are phenomenal. Historical frenzy suffers from the problem of the previous one. In my opinion, was better. Granted, it was yeah. like eight to cast. This is not a bad power at all. This is this is a solid power. The, the old power was so much better in my opinion because it let you pick a slanesh uh, unit in combat and fight in the psychic phase which is just unbelievably good so but they've been, uh, they've been yeah, removing fights still, twice still really good it's yeah. just comparatively agreed uh next so up. next up delightful agonies uh it's a blessing with a warp charge value of six if manifested select one friendly legion demonica slanesh core unit within 18 inches invisible to this psyker Till the start of your next psychic phase, each time the model in that unit would lose a wound, or 1d6, and on a 5+, plus, the wound is not lost. Oof. Not bad at so all. 5+, plus, feel no pain. Uh, much better than... The 6+, so, plus they used to have, for no reason. Yeah, so really funny. So, Delightful Agonies has always been a power in both the Chaos Space Marines, uh, for the Slanesh Psychers, and for this one, and for some reason, Chaos Space Marines got a 5+, plus, and the Demons of Slanesh got a 6+. Plus. In the previous edition, nice to see it to a five plus to make it uniform because it has the same name. Uh, yes, uh, that play, praise be. Only took him what four years <laughs> to to get them yeah. lined up. Uh, Pervain of Slanesh is up next. It's a war charge uh, value of six Witchfire. Uh, if manifested, select one enemy unit within eighteen of invisible to the psyker. Roll a d six for each model that in that unit. For each five plus, the unit suffers one mortal wound. Uh, Great work, sorry. Great horde clear. Absolutely, absolutely. On a five plus for each unit in the yeah, enemy model. But see, the only thing I worry about here is that by dint, I think 
if you're taking Slanesh units, all of them are good at clearing hordes already. You already have a huge weight yeah. of dice to clear hordes. So I'm not sure this makes a cut, just because the rest of the, the tree so far has been amazing. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah, um, you are inherently good at clearing hordes, so it might not be the best. I will say if you're facing a unit of uh, six, it's just another smite. So at the very worst, you know, when you're looking at a unit of six or more, it's it's essentially another smite because the average on a smite is just two yeah a little bit more than two because super smite exists but uh against a unit of six the average is two as well so i think if you've taken so many like if you're taking the full keepers list and you're going to be in you're going to have every power at your disposal anyways it's not bad to have in your back pocket and if you don't need it just go all right well i'll smite instead you know yeah totally fair enough uh tell us about the last one this is my favorite, actually. Phantasmagoria. Which fire has a warp charge value of 7? If manifested, select one enemy unit within 18 inches invisible to the Psyker. Roll 66 for each 5 plus that unit suffers one mortal wound. Until the start of your next psychic phase, each time that unit suffers a mortal wound as a result of this psychic power, subtract one from the leadership characteristic of models in that unit. Great power. Yeah, this is good. Yeah, especially when you look at what you can do with it. When you sit there and, you know, you... If you want to set up for another turn and you want to make sure that in the next turn, if I'm not going to clear this because it is an 18 inch range. So you very well could go, all right, I'm 18 inches away, 17, 16 inches away. I'm not getting into them this turn. What I am going to do is drop their their leadership by two or three. Yep. And then on top of it, we've already discussed ways to give them another minus two, another minus yeah. three. Yep. Minus six leadership. Keep in mind, if you're pure, pure demons, you're allowed to deep strike. Uh, uh, on into a range just outside of whatever their their yeah, leadership dude. is so if they're minus six leadership now and they started at leadership nine boom you're three inches away <laughs> just to drop it you don't need a warp locus or anything yeah. you're Crazy just three inches away there's three decent uh damage dealing ones here one really good uh debuff and two yep. phenomenal blessings this is i mean the, the question is is this better or worse than the nurgle discipline Ooh, i would say if I had to choose, I would choose, it would, I would honestly choose, uh, it would, I guess it would have to be based on what I was leaning into because the Slanesh, di the Slanesh discipline, in my opinion, is, it builds on itself a lot more and the Nurgle discipline is a lot more standalone, in I my was, opinion. I like, was about to say the same thing, dude. This stuff, everything in this one leans into what you want to be doing as Slanesh so perfectly at every level. I, I yep. love this one. This is phenomenal. So complete. Yep. Uh, all right. Moving down to the Warlord traits. First one is Warp Mists. At the end of each battle round, if this Warlord is on the battlefield, you can retain up to two unspent Warp Storm points. Uh, pretty much just a... Yeah, just... It's good, right? It's just good. Yep. It's 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 a way to retrain Warp Storm, and I think that's... that's We've we've had a Relic. We've had a Warlord trait. We've had a Psychic Power. And we've had uh, exalted an Exalted trait. trait. Those yeah. are your four ways to retain typically through your through your uh, big dudes and whatnot to retain those uh, Warp Storm points. I will say my top-rated thing to give up is a Psychic Power. Mm -hmm. My second-rated thing to give up would be a Relic. My third-rated thing to give up would be an Exalted Trait. And the last thing I want to give up in this book is a Warlord Trait. The because one we, single Warlord yeah, Trait you can get. Yeah, yeah, we don't get another one. And there's so many good ones in here. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree <laughs> with that. that. That's what It's just going to keep this on the shelf indefinitely. Uh, yeah. What's number two? Uh, Fatal Caress. Each time this Warlord makes a melee attack on an unmodified successful wound roll of 5+, plus, invulnerable saving throws cannot be made against the attack. 
I do not mind that at all. No, it's it's a little swingy. Yes, it's a five plus and whatnot. But when you look at it, the number of attacks that like the typical keeper secrets have is like ten attacks between them, and so you've got essentially three attacks that are going to go through that are uh, no invulnerable saves at ridiculous AP and solid damage. So those that alone can just eat through invulnerable armies. Uh, next power is called the Murder Dance. As soon as I read this, I just was like thinking about a metal, you know, the pit at a metal at a metal concert. You know, when you make the <laughs> you, you make the, the make the walls and you, you 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 mash into the middle in the in the pit. Uh, what's it? What's that even called? Uh, well, yeah. What the mosh pit? Yeah, no, no, no. When you when you go, you know, the 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 thing is like all right, it's split into half. Half is on this side, half is on this side, and you run into each other. Oh, in the, the wall pit. of death. The wall of death. It's the murder dance now. It's just, henceforth be known as yeah, the, the murder dance. You do the wall of death, and then the commences. And then commences the murder dance. <laughs> um, awesome! I, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to. Uh, I, I'm supposed to be going to a concert sometime in the, in the next few months, so uh, I'll have to have you, to uh, get a sign that says "Down for the murder dance." Down for the murder dance. Here to participate. <laughs> Just here for the murder dance. Um, each time this wall fights, if it made a charge move this turn, then until the fight is resolved, add D3 to its attack characteristic. Uh, so D3 attacks on the charge. It's cute. It's fine. You probably already have enough attacks. On the charge, it's an average of two extra attacks. And it's it's outcompeted. It's think, yeah, it's okay. fine, it's just outcompeted. Agreed. If you could have three of these, sure. You can have one, so no. What's next? Uh Quicksilver Duelist. When your warlord makes a melee attack, you can reroll the hit roll. If that attack is made against an enemy character model, you can reroll the wound roll. This is fine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, solid. Reroll hits is always good. And then Reroll wounds against characters is solid, especially when you start going against the bigger stuff that has higher toughness. Yeah. I mean, and the reroll wounds gets more value. Yeah, knights absolutely hate this. Like, wow. Um, savage hedonist, as opposed as opposed to like a very malign or passive hedonist. You know, there's a savage hedonist yeah, yeah. Um, at the start of each battle round. Just add, kind of hedonist. <laughs> a kind today. hedonist, gentle hedonist. Um, at the start of the battle round, add one to the warlock's strength characteristic to a maximum of plus three. Um, sorry, at the start of each battle round, add one to the world's strength characteristic to a maximum plus three. Uh, so does this mean it's cumulative over battle rounds? Because it doesn't say it is, but it's worded as if it is. Yes, yes. It, at the start of the battle round, add one to this warlord's strength characteristic. It doesn't have a clause that say, it, it says until turn. the end of this phase yeah. or turn or whatever. Yeah. So you'll start turn one with plus one. Uh, you probably, uh, if you go second with the speed of Slanesh, you can generally get into combat turn one, though it's probably not into anything that you need the extra strength on since, uh, so when it really comes into play, you know, I would say that turn two, you're going to, is when you're going to start seeing things pop up and you get into range of, you've kind of at that point eaten through some, some of your screens that the opponents put out. And so that's when this would come into play is turn two and turn three onward and whatnot. When you're plus two, plus three, and will make it easier to wound things like knights and other big units. It makes it to where eventually by turn three you're wounding uh, you're wounding great unclean ones on threes, which is solid. Um, all right. So the aura of bewitchment is the last one. Whilst an enemy unit is within six of this warlord, that unit cannot perform actions. Uh, if that unit is performing an action when it comes into range of this ability, it automat it immediately fails. Um, just just on a medical standpoint, I don't think this is that good. Because uh, the amount of times people are taking secondaries that require you to performing an action that completes at the end of a turn or can you know throughout you know to hold the thing throughout your opponent's turn, very few people are taking these secondaries. Very few. 
Um, yeah, the the only time I would see this coming into play is now with the prevalence of secondaries in the primary missions, and even yeah. then, usually people have some sort of core because there's a there's large swaths of things that are like if your core infantry and whatnot, you finish this at the end of turn rather than yeah. at the end beginning of your next command phase, and typically that's what that troop tax is there for to give you something core and uh, and uh, you know, as a troop's choice infantry that gets it done real quick and doesn't allow stuff for this to work. So I, I wholly agree with you. Um, funnily enough, I don't see any of these war traitors being overly necessary, but that's coming at it through the lens of you only get one, and I don't think any of these make the cut, any of the slash war traits. Yeah, if you're going pure slanesh, if you, so if you're if you're having to take a slanesh warlord trait, I'd say you're looking at probably either Quicksilver Duelist or Fatal Caress, Yeah, in my agreed. opinion. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, if you have any other, there's better warlord traits than all the other gods. This is where Slanesh lacks, in my opinion. I think Slanesh really lost the uh, warlord trait wars. Agreed, mate. Um, and for those referencing, Shalaxi Hellbane comes with Quicksilver Duelist, that being the one with the reels to hit, reels to win against characters. Um, Shalaxi, uh, sorry, Selesk, Selesk, uh, yeah, or of Bewitchment. Uh, that being the last one, the denying um, actions. And then the Mask of Slanesh, of course, is doing the murder dance. So plus three attacks, D3 attacks on the charge. Um, next up, we have the Relics, the Forbidden Gem, the old faithful of the last uh, book. The literal best thing in the, about the last book for most of that, apart from possibly the Unkillable Keeper. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Locke. Um, in your command phase, select one enemy unit within 12 of the bearer until you start of next command phase. Any or abilities the unit has have no effect. Look uh, at how they massacred my boy. I know. What, oh. did this, what did this used to do, mate? Because it was such oh. a niche, incredible relic. It was so good. So I've never played Demons without it, quite literally. Uh, so when this new book is fully out, this will be the first time I've played without it. But wow. it used to be 12-inch, once per game, the bearer could, at the start of an opponent's phase, roll 3d6 against uh, character's leadership. And if they exceeded that leadership, the character was shut down. They couldn't attack. They couldn't move. They couldn't do powers. Their aura effects didn't work. Nothing for that phase. And it was once per game, but it was so huge because you would prevent someone from falling back from a greater demon, which would keep your greater demon in combat and be like, all right, cool. You can't, you can't shoot at it now. Or someone would charge in. And, you know, you get into a fight and you'd be stuck in and you're like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to pick them up next round. That's okay. I can just shut them down. Yep. You know, you, you'd you have times uh, there. One of the biggest key plays I ever made with it was playing against Gazgol and Gazgol has his aura of things around him at that time could advance and charge. So yep. my opponent had advanced most of his army and oh. I shut down Gazgol in the charge phase and completely wiped out their entire charge phase. Wow, that's yeah, huge, it was amazing. man. Amazing, yeah. It was such now a now this it, is locked yeah. to the command phase. Uh, you had to be within twelve at the command phase. Command phase, and it's until the start of your next command phase. Aura abilities have no effect. So yeah, no, you you will probably never see this taken anymore. I don't think so. Not in not in this economy. Um, no. If, if you had you know if you had Nockman amount of CP, maybe in Monoslanesh. Um, the mark of excess. Add one to the bearer's attack characteristic. Each time the bearer makes a melee attack that destroys a character, monster, or vehicle unit, add one to the bearer's attack characteristic. So plus one attack and then plus one additional every time you kill a character, monster, or vehicle. Not 
not not going to make the cut, unfortunately. I think. Yeah, it's too specific. Yeah, it's, it's, it's too it was like every time it picked up a unit, I could see yeah. it snowballing really well. But yep. yeah. uh, Soul Stealer model equipped with Wit Stealer Sword or Hellforge Sword only. This relic replaces a Wit Stealer Sword or Hellforge Sword. Has the following profile: range is melee, type is melee, strength plus two, AP three, damage three. Each time a model is destroyed uh, by an attack made with this weapon, the bear regains one wound. To a maximum of six wounds per phase. Ooh. Each time the bear makes an attack with this weapon against Eldar unit, if a hit is scored, the attack automatically wounds the target. Stuff him, stupid knife ears. Um, this uh is not bad. Up to, up to six regained per turn. Um, is not awful. Uh, but does it does it make the cut? Is the issue? There's so few of these you're going to get to take. I mean, so that's the thing is that honestly, when when I when I look at uh all of the other stuff, it actually may. You know, it's Plastic. it's it's it going going against Eldari and getting auto wounds is not irrelevant in this meta for sure. Um, and then on top of it, regaining wounds is really big. It just in in you can absolutely when you have ten attacks and you're hitting on twos and in a lot of cases you're wounding on twos or threes and whatnot, you can very well pick up seven eight models and go cool. And it's not a roll like a lot of the other ones. It is when a model is destroyed by an attack made with this weapon, they regain a wound. It's very easy to go, man, I'm missing a few wounds. Let me go into these, uh, into these. Though it is, it is, uh, with the weapon. So I guess technically, sorry, you would have to do it with your six attacks with the weapon on a keeper of secrets. But I mean, you can hit five times, wound five times, pick up five models and go, there's five wounds right there. You know, we talked about the yeah. uh, Great Unclean one healing, like, somewhere around, uh, you know, 15 a little wounds over, over the course of the game, if, if possible, yeah. This could do, this could do, you know, realistically, I would say it could probably do somewhere around the same amount, but on Slanesh. I do like it quite a lot. My only issue with it is that if this is the one you take and you take multiple keepers, this is the one that dies first. Because <laughs> the other ones, you know, you have to... Yeah, you're going to have to s- spread out your traits and spread yeah. out your stuff. That's why yeah. That's why I personally like, like, my best exalted one is not the one that carries my relic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they have to choose between the best stuff and whatnot. Yeah. Because at the yeah. end of the day, if someone, with how Killy 9th Edition is, if someone wants something dead, it's probably going to die. So generally spread the love. I agree. All right. Uh, next up is Slothful Claws. Model equipped with Ravaging Claws or Snapping Claws only. Add one to the damage characteristic of that weapon. Each time an enemy model loses any wounds as a result of an attack made by with that weapon, until the end of the phase, that enemy unit is not affected by the aura abilities of other enemy units. The weapon is now considered to be a relic for all rules purposes. Uh, I am not in love with this all that much, so I just had a quick look for Snapping Claws and, and Ravaging Claws. Um, that is not a Demon Prince. Demon Prince has a Malefic Talon still, so you can't... Yep, weapon so it kind of doesn't work on them it doesn't work on them um rules as written i'm sure we'll get an faq about it and they'll they'll do something like say oh this will actually replace the snapping claws is probably the easiest way to fix that so those snapping claws aren't necessarily malefic or something to that effect um but yeah it they are they are this doesn't actually add one to the damage with them rules as written right now yeah this is weird and this uh, it's only can be done on a keeper or a uh, or a herald essentially uh but yeah uh, this is the least this i'm the least excited about this one um of, of all the ones of this equivalent that they've had this is the possibly the least good anyway what's the next one uh civil strike equipped with a wit stealer sword only so this is going to be on your keeper's secrets it is strength plus three so a little stronger ap3 damage three 
Each time an enemy model loses any wounds as a result of an attack made with this weapon until the end of the battle, each time that model makes a melee attack, subtract one from that attack's hit roll and wound roll. So this is a this is a monster hunter weapon, you know, because typically if your keeper's going into something and whatnot, and you're throwing down, uh, you know, six strength nine AP three damage three attacks, and you're not picking it up, it's typically because whatever you're fighting is really really tough. Yes. So it's it's fine against some armies and other armies it won't do anything because of the fact that you're just killing what you're getting into anyways with a keeper well i I do love that you charge a knight and get it to its bottom bracket and then it's hitting you on sixes (laughs) when it starts to hit you back because it's minus one uh, that's pretty cute like yeah that's pretty cute um all right the last one is whip of agony um, model with a living whip or lashes of torment only. Change the type characteristic of any living whip or lashes of torment on the bearer to be assault eight. And each time the bearer makes an attack with living whip or lashes of torment, excluding those made against a vehicle unit and a modified hit roll. Uh, sorry, a modified successful hit roll of four plus. That attack automatically wounds. In addition, so you hit, hit on a four to hit, you auto wound as well. Uh, I don't think that's making the cut. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's not bad. It's it's. So you look at the living whips and whatnot, and they're AP two damage two, at making them assault eight. So you get four automatic wounding hits at AP two uh, strength uh, strength or damage two. It, you don't have a lot to choose from already. If you are going to take a second relic in your pure slash list, this might be the second one. If you're in contention between that and uh, like silver strike, I would say. Yeah, uh, yep. soul stealer is my winner here. Yeah, I think so. In my opinion. I think it's solid in most of your matchups. And, you know, if you want to spend a CP for another relic, I don't think it's the worst thing, especially when you start looking at things like knights. You know, you're looking at, all right, well, uh, or sorry, not knights, but uh, other tough tough models that strength six isn't really cutting it against. And you go, well, I'll get four wounds off of it uh, when I when I roll the hit roll against something I would normally be wounding on fives. Totally fair. And, and, and yeah, fair, fair enough, mate. I mean, if you're going Mono Slanesh, maybe it does make the cut if you want to buy a second or a third. Uh, all right, so on to notable data sheets, my man. Uh, there is one that we have to talk about. This is the Infernal Entrapturus. This is the big the big deal, because this is the very... Why is this one unique, and why should people know about it? Okay, so the Infernal Entrapturus is really big because she is a character. She has nine, nine inches of movement. You know, she has some pretty base stats on her and whatnot. She's just, you know, strength four, toughness four, four wounds, has an alright number of attacks. She's she's seems pretty basic, right? Until you get into her abilities. So let's go with the the two not as big ones. Uh, and that is uh while an enemy psychers is within twenty-four of this model, uh, they perils on any double, which is nice. It's, it's you nice. know, twenty-four yeah. inches is a huge aura, especially yeah. with that nine inch move. By turn one, you're probably going to, you know, have most of your opponent's psychers within this aura. So giving off uh, free perils and some D3 mortal wounds off of that against psyker armies is really solid. Um, and then in your command phase, select one model uh, with this ability from your army and friendly uh, one friendly Legionis Demonica slash core unit from your army within six inches of the model. You can return one destroyed model uh, in that unit to your army. If it's an infantry unit, you get D3 models back. Yep. So there's a little bit of healing in there. And here is the big part. Herald of Slanesh aura. Um, or sorry, let's go over the Herald of Slanesh part real quick. But uh, while a friendly uh, demonic core unit is within six inches, uh, you can reroll wound rolls of one, so Fantastic. that's a little helpful. Yep. But it's a warp locus. This is... It is a warp locus on a guardable character. This is the base knee. With a nine-inch move, you can drop 
Bellacor into this. You can drop your keepers into this, and it is not unreasonable to actually protect it. The problem with only having one warp locus uh, of a certain god when you have mixed gods is if you put, say, you have, you know, Bellacor down, and you're like, I'm going to deep strike this Bloodthirster, and then they pick up Bellacor, and you're like, oh no, I have to actually roll a normal charge. Yeah. With Infernal and Rapturous, if you have Slanesh Demons that you don't want to risk on the field, it's way more reasonable to deep strike them because you can actually protect it through it being a small wounded character. It's amazing. 80 points is what you'll pay yep. for the privilege of having a Warp Locus, a guardable Warp Locus. It's so good! So, such oh, yeah. an activator for the army and unhinges you from, from being able to... So she is the build-around portion of what I think you do when you don't want to go from a monster mash. Like, you don't want to take a lot of greater demons. You want to take a lot of lesses. And she's a great reason to take fiends, great reason to take demonettes. Um, what's another data sheet we should talk about here? Honestly, I think we should talk about demonettes. I yeah. think they are, they are the cheapest opsec that you're yep. going to get. And their data sheet is just amazing for when you want your mixed army to have uh sheets that are are going to do it all of what you want out of an obsec troop they have four attacks a piece that's so many they, they have strength four now guys i don't know why i can't, can't tell you in why ap2 damage one dude yeah. amazing but this is the big thing for me uh their movement 10 so a typical thing that you'll see uh, a lot of players do when there's like you're trying to do certain actions that require you to be six inches away from other table quarters and whatnot. Uh, you'll see, you'll have to position in some sort of way uh, on an objective where you're like, all right, I'm going to be leaning this side or leaning that side. So I make sure I'm not within six inches of the middle area and all that sort of thing. You're going to have to advance up a lot of times. And if you roll poor advances, you still might not get far enough in time to do other table quarters that are outside your uh, near quarters, your territories and whatnot with a 10 inch move. It is completely reasonable to advance them one turn, and the next turn you have stuff in the opponent's uh, territories and their table quarters that can actually do actions. Their number of attacks, I, I think the number of attacks is really, really solid. Yes, they're only damage one comparatively to Bloodletters, but with their number of attacks, I think it's a good thing, really, because there's a lot of damage reduction out there, and you're not reducing yeah. damage one. Nothing reduces yep. damage one to damage zero. Um I really, really like them. And at a, only 120 points, I think it's they're well worth their buck on that. I think so too. Um, I've been highly sold on uh, Seekers in addition. Seekers, uh, just like Plague Drones did for pla for, for um, Plague Bearers, Seekers have the Demonet keyword. They are they are demonettes. So they get all the, the stratagem support. In addition, they are core, so they get all that stratagem support and aura support also. Um, and they're just quite they're just fast. They just they move sixteen freaking inches and just, you know, just go tie stuff up. And they plus they have innate plus one to charge rolls for the unit. So I think they're another little baby one to look at. I don't sure not sure how big these units are. For my mind, I think you keep them lean, keep them cheap, go just go tie stuff up and be annoying. Um but yeah, I do like I do like Seekers quite a lot as well. Uh, so yeah, anything else you want to talk about, Slanesh? Um, I just want to say that I think keepers are a little undersold as greater demons, just because of the fact that a the the movement characteristic of a keepers of secrets is sixteen at top bracket. And let me tell you, that sixteen inches is an insane amount. You exalt into that plus two to advance and charge, and all of a sudden people cannot deploy on their line for fear of if you counter deploy, uh, you know, you keep your seeker your keeper secrets for last, and you go, All right, you want to deploy on the line, 
I'm going to also push something on the line. And if I get first turn 16 inch move, I'm 24 inches away, plus two to charge. That's 18 inches up. Really, you only have to make a five on the charge if you're exactly 24 away line to line, because then you'll be at an inch from there. So um, I, I just like to say, I think Keepers of Secrets are, are still really awesome. I think uh, Slanesh is definitely one of my favorites as far as a uh, pure god faction comparatively to the other gods. Totally fair enough. All right. Uh, moving into the last bit of this review, the Book of the Warp. This is the army of renown for Disciples of Bellacor. And I just decided to slap this in at the end, a la the same as I did with the Freeblade Lance in the Nightbook. Um, there's a couple of um, unaligned data sheets in here. I mean, we do have to talk about Bellacor. Uh, let, let's just do that right now. How many points? He'll run you, what, 400 points square, I believe? Uh, I believe he is now up to 460. I'd have to double check that, but Oof. I believe he's at 460. Let me. Oh dear! Make sure. Uh, four twenty. Four twenty. Yeah, so not too bad. Okay. Um, it's a. It's Sorry. Actually, when I say not too bad, that's right. He went up by sixty. Four twenty. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So his data sheet reads: movement twelve, weapon skill, blitz skill two plus, strength eight, toughness seven, twenty wounds, six attacks, and a four by four on his uh uh on his saves. He's still got the same ignoring involuns um. Attacks at strength 4, minus 4, D3, plus 3 damage, 6 of those, and his sweep at 2 attacks instead of 1, uh, strength user, minus 3, 1 damage, strength 8, minus 3, 1 damage, quite good. Um, he has shadow form, each time attack is made against this model, you can't reroll the hit roll, each time attack against this, this model, subtract 1 from attack's hit roll and a wound roll, and each time a ranged attack is made against this model, subtract 1 from the damage characteristic. So he's minus 1 damage, you can't reroll to hit, and it's minus 1 to hit and wound. Um... And minus one damage from range, so rather than, than all the time. One enemy unit was within six of this model, subtract one from the leadership characteristic and combat attritions, and dark master. While a friendly legion's demonica or disciples of Bellicor unit, excluding vehicles, is within six of this model, each time a model unit makes an attack, reroll hit roll of one. And lastly, spiteful jealousy is, of course, being you can't take any other demon princes. And and if you make an attack with him against demon prince models you can reroll the hit and a wound roll so he's just he's just there to spank him and he makes he does two psyche powers and denies one psyche power he is pretty freaking good yeah yeah so he has every single keyword that you care about and that he so he's a supreme commander he has warp locus and he has all the faction keywords so he's a warp locus for anything um which means not only can he deep strike to a warp locus but other things can deep strike to his warp loc locus as long as it's pretty much a demon. Um, and then uh, I would say there's also a, a, a hidden part of his data sheet uh, when you take him. So if you go up to the uh, Book of the Warp and you look at the Noctic Discipline, it says uh, if your army includes Bellicor or you are using his army of renown, models in your army can be given additional psychic powers from the Noctis Discipline. Uh, and then they pretty much replace uh, what you would uh, normally have. So if you include him in your army, your other psychers can also know Noctis Discipline if you want to actually tap into those. Uh, now, a lot of those are going to um, uh, be actually pretty decent in certain cases and whatnot. Yep. So it's definitely like this little hidden thing that, you know, if you're not playing the army of renown, there's still something in there for you to get the Noctis Discipline. Fair enough. Um, so I'm just looking for the... the um Bits and bods in the army now, but let's just jump into the Noctic Discipline. Also, I do need to let you know that Bellacor still has his Warlord trait of Shadow Lord, as in he gives out a uh, Chapter Master rerolls to one unit within uh, range. Uh, but here's the Noctic Discipline. The first is Shadow Step. Uh, use this 
sorry, it has a warp charge value of six and is a blessing. If manifest, it's like one friendly legions demonic infantry or disciples of bellicor infantry unit uh, within 18 of this psyker. Remove that unit from the battlefield and set it up anywhere on the battlefield as more than nine away from enemy models. This you is. You want to know it's infantry? Flamers. Flamers. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say flamers. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> great. So it's just it's just gate. It's just a jump, and it's just good. Solid. What's next? Sure. Oh, uh, wreathed in shades. Uh, has a warp charge value of seven. If manifested, select one friendly legion, demonicas, or disciples of Bellacore unit, excluding monsters or vehicle units, within twelve inches of the of this psyker. To the start of your next psychic phase, enemy models cannot target that unit with ranged weapons. Unless the unit is the closest eligible target to the uh, firing mo- model, or it is within twelve inches of the firing model, solid. It's definitely. I think it's very usable. It, it, limiting what your opponent can shoot at, you can very easily just throw this on something that's backfield objective holding, and yep. Yep. oh, your line of sight ignoring shooting. I'm not worried about it. I'm going to mm-hmm. keep this objective. I I love this one. I think it's great. Seven to cast makes it a bit uh, unreliable, but it's phenomenal. Once again, flame is. <laughs> you need to get your flamers into range, and they're going to get oh, shot yeah. for a turn. Uh, on a seven? No, they're not. Really good. Uh, Paul of Despair is up next. Uh, so Malediction, with a warp charge value of seven. If manifest, it's selects one enemy unit within 18 of and visible to the Psyker. Roll 3d6. If the result is greater than that unit's leadership characteristic, select one of the following to apply to that unit. Until the start of your next Psychic phase, if that unit has any aura abilities, select one of those aura abilities, it loses that ability. Until the start of your next Psychic phase, that unit cannot perform actions. If it's currently performing an action, it fails. To start of the next phase, in the fight phase, that unit is not eligible to fight until all after after all other eligible units in your army have done so. So, okay. On a warp charge value 7, you beat their leadership, pick one of the following. Yeah. Yep. I mean, yeah, it's uh, it. fight felt, fight last is always relevant. It's just going to be fun. More hammer, it always is. <laughs> it's just uh, so fights last. <laughs> yeah. Every time. Uh, yeah. It's a seven, which is yeah, it's a bit hard, but it's okay. Yeah, a little less reliable, but three d six and all the leadership debuffs you have now, pretty mm. easy to beat the leadership once you get past the cast That's of seven. It. Yeah, exactly right. What's up next? Void Slivers, Witchfire, has a warp charge value of five. If manifested, select one any model model within twelve invisible to the psyker. Draw a line between any part of this psyker, um, any part of this psyker's base, and any part of the selected model's base or hull. The selected model's unit suffers one mortal wound. If that unit contains eleven or more models, suffers D three mortal wounds. Every other unit that the line passes over suffers one mortal wound unless they have eleven or more models. D three mortal wounds. So I don't Not know. That if, great. I, I don't know. I don't know if you listen to my show that much, Mark. But there are some rules that have become apparent on my show. Pistol weapons suck, and anything that draws a line. Is terrible, and this is no exception. I'm happy to say the Noct Discipline has maintained form, and uh, this is a terrible power. <laughs> Let's move on. Penumbral yeah. Curse. Malediction. Warp Charge Value of 7. If manifested, select one enemy unit within 18 of this Psyker. Until the start of next Psychic Phase, each time a model in that unit makes a melee attack, subtract one to the attack's wound roll, and worsen the AP characteristic of that attack by one. That is a really good power, my god! So... Except for the AP bit, which doesn't yeah, matter. The AP portion is completely irrelevant. Because um, yeah, uh, Armor of Contempt can't stack with anything, which would be the cast space marine portion. And our our um, uh, demons don't care about AP at don't all. Have so <laughs> not really sure why that's in there, but uh, it is. It's, um, but, but it's so good. <laughs> why is yeah, it terrible? Subtract <laughs> one from the wound roll yeah. is excellent. Uh, I will say, with all the ways you can subtract from wounding in melee, whether it be Bellacor's innate ability to subtract from wound, um, Shalaxi's ability to do it, 
uh, the ability to do it through a Slanesh Psychic Power, the Penumbral Curse doing it, and whatnot. Uh, when you're looking at a Monster Mash list with all those abilities, and you end up going against another melee army, that especially one that doesn't have that much anti-tank and it more relies on weight of attacks and whatnot, boy, it, it's going to be tough to eat through. It is. Oh, yeah. It's going to be really tough. Uh, last up is Betraying Shades as a Witchfire as a warp charge value of 6. If manifested, select one enemy unit within 18 of Invisible to this Psyker. Select up to 6 models in that unit and add together the unmodified attack characteristic of those models. Roll number of D6s equal to the total. For example, if 5 of selected models have an attack characteristic of 2 and 1 has an attack characteristic of 3, you would roll 13 D6. If the result of the Psyker test was 11 or more, add 1 to each dice result. For each 6 plus, the unit suffers 1 mortal wound to a maximum of six mortal wounds. Why? Yeah, sure, but why? G-dub. Sure, sure, but why? I mean, just just make it a less stupidly worded version of this same thing, because it's a fine power, but it's so... You've got to do I, math and, and consult the, the solar system. You know, where is Venus? Is it in ascendance? How many mortal wounds do I get to do on this Sunday? Um, this is stupidly worded, but I don't mind it. Yeah, so... Okay, so... He- Here's the math on it. Like, probably the best thing you could do this into is something like Demon Nets, who have four attacks apiece. Or Goth Orcs or Harlequin Troops. Yeah. Yeah. So stuff has four attacks apiece. With Harlequin Troops, if they're not taking packing a unit of six Orcs, that's fine. But, like, let's be real. Um, if you have four attacks apiece as your base characteristic, which is pretty high, mm-hmm. and I select six models, um, including the leader, which gets the additional attack, I'm, I'm getting... Uh, what is that? That's going to be 25 attacks uh, at four attacks apiece. So, and then sixes do mortal wounds. You're averaging four mortal wounds. Cool. That's a very specific scenario to be in. I'm, I I will take it if I have drained all my other psychic powers out of other <laughs> disciplines um, and I have access to the Noctis, but I, it's, it's not so bad that I'll never see it taken, but it's bad enough that like I'd have to be running like eight psychers before i'm like all right well i guess we're at the betraying shades portion of, of, <laughs> of the story yeah i agree mate you're just like right, i'm gonna cast betraying shades you roll the six you pull out your calculator yeah. four, four minutes later you get to your, you pull out the amount of exact amount of dice you need three minutes later you do four mortal wounds and you're like yeah cool i should have just gone and gotten a coffee the, uh, the biggest <laughs> weakness of the psychic power is the clock <laughs> <laughs> it's right. It's right. You get exposed on the clock for taking this psychic power. Hilarious. All right. We've gone over Bellicor. Um, there's a couple of the unmarked ones here. Where are Furies? They're gone. Furies uh, don't let exist me tell anymore. You, big fan of the new Fury model. Uh, great, great data sheet. You know, they're, yeah. they're ghosts now. They yeah. don't exist. Don't exist. Completely deleted. Uh, Disciples of Bellicor, we are up to the restrictions and the benefits. Uh, and there are many. I... Don't have the time to read out all these to you, so I'm going to hand pass to Mark for a TLDR. TLDR. You want to take the Disciples of Bellicor, don't take named characters. Don't take stuff that's uh, specifically uh, in certain legions that are dedicated to one god. Don't take demon engines. Don't take greater demons. Don't take demon princes. Don't take uh, any of the specific god-marked troops. It is... uh, Don't take... Don't take uh, knights unless you're a specific knight household and stuff like that. Like, it's, man, it's a lot. There's so so many more restrictions than there are benefits. And also, they got rid of the best part of Disciples of Bellacor. So, I would say it's not really worth it anymore. They they got rid of 
the fact that you can get access, the whole reason, in my opinion, to take Disciples of Bellacor was the Noctis Discipline, but now you can just take Bellacor and get the Noctis Discipline um, to other stuff, and they still have the 12 inches away. Uh, you subtract um, one one uh, from hit rolls against uh, the attack for range attacks, but you can do that now with just Warp Storm points and a few other things. And you, they lost the no reroll hits against them, which was the biggest reason that I would say take them before. Uh, I just love that even in the, um, so one thing is is cool. You can your army can use the warp storm ability even if there's you know chaos space spring units in the army. So I think that is kind of cool. Um, but the warp storm abilities wouldn't affect them because they're not demonic. They're not demons. Religion is demonica. Um, I love that even in the benefits, they have a restriction. I was just I was just quickly scanning the benefits, and he's, I'm just going to read this one out. If a detachment uh, contains any units with the traitors or Stardis faction keywords, such as detach, such a detachment never counts as a legion detachment, and you cannot use any legion specific stratagems, relics, war traits, or psychic powers that attachment contains. That's in the benefits section. The day oh, that's no. the benefit. They ran out of room in the in the <laughs> restriction section, is what it is. Because uh, it is there are more restrictions in in this army of renown. Like, why is everybody else's army of renown restrictions like like when orcs were running nothing but vehicles? They're like, hey guys, we know you're running nothing but vehicles right now. So your restriction is going to be you have to just run vehicles. Uh, okay. Full stop. Full stop. <laughs> That's the yeah, okay. Uh, sure. So amazing. So amazing. All right. But the Disciples of Shadows is what they get. This is your chapter tactic, so to speak. Each time a combat attrition test is taken for the unit, add one to that combat attrition test. Meh. Each time a range attack is made against this unit, if the attack is more than 12 away, subtract one from the hit roll. Uh, not awful, that that part. Still not great. And yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty ordinary. You look at this page and you feel absolutely daunted and then you go well i hope it's worth it and you look at disciples of shadows and you're like pretty sure it's not worth it all right uh first of the strategies mate take it away uh shadow pact yep use a stratagem in your command phase select one chaos undivided legions legion disciples infantry unit from your army uh from kit codex cast space marines and then select one pack one of the packs below to start uh until the start of your next command phase that unit gains that pact add one to the attacks or add, give them a 5-plus invuln, or add 1 to the toughness, or add 1 inch to the movement characteristics, and 1 to the advance and charge rolls for that unit. Don't hate this. It's yeah, a, it's not bad. It's versatile. It's, yeah. uh, you know, there's, you know, it's an enhancement that lasts only one turn, but mm. at least you can change it every turn. I, so it's yeah. a little more expensive, rather than certain ones that are like 2 CP, and you get the enhancement for the entire game. Yeah. But you can switch it up and you can do it on different units. So there, are, there is definitely a play to this. I like this a lot, actually. This is very flexible. This is a pick your one CP, pick your flavor. Pick whichever one makes the most sense at the time. I think it's extremely versatile. Um, next up, we've got Demonic Boon for one CP. Use this strategy at the start of the fight phase when a Legion's d- Disciples unit, excluding vehicle units, um, from your army that is within six of a friendly Demonica Disciples unit is selected to fight to the end of the phase. Add one to the strength characteristic of models in the Legion Disciples unit. Each time the model in the Legion Disciples unit uh, makes a melee attack and a modified hit roll of six automatically wounds. So one CP, as long as you have a a, a Demons and a non-Demons Chaos Space Marines units within six of each other, the uh, non the non-chaos, the, sorry, non-CSM, yeah, the, the CSM portion gets plus one to strength and six is auto-wound. Yeah. That's it's, right, yeah? It's fine. Uh, yeah. It'll it'll see play if you are deciding to do Disciples of Elicor. It just, it's rough when you have to keep units near each other because the more, 
the more or less, you know, you like units to operate more autonomously and whatnot. Um, but I mean, I don't think it's enough of a hit to say this isn't good. In certain cases, this will really push some damage through that's needed. Yeah, agreed. Next up. Uh, Legion Shade. Um, use a stratagem at the start of your movement phase or at the start of your fa- fight phase or charge phase. Select one Disciples of Bellicor unit from your army until the end of that phase. Models in the unit can move horizontally through enemy models. Excellent stratagem. Excellent strat. Absolutely cool. So you can just charge straight through stuff, move straight through stuff. It's flip belts. It's one CP to get flip belts. Um, yep. Mortal Boon, 2 CP. Use this stratagem at the start of the morale phase. Select one Demonic Disciples unit from your army that is within six of a friendly Legion Disciples unit, excluding vehicle units, until the end of at the end of the phase, each time a morale test is taken for the Demonica Disciples unit, it is automatically passed, and counters haven't been passed with an unmodified one. So two CP to auto, another two CP auto pass, yeah? Yeah, it, it used to be a lot cooler when we had the uh, the yeah, icon ability of one spring yeah. back D6, but now that that's gone, it's 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 less potent, so well, I it's, ex- it's fine. I expected it to, to be one CP, if that's the case, you know, without that, yeah. that added boon. Um, it should not be 2CP anymore. But still, t- having two sources of auto-pass morale isn't isn't awful. Well, I will say, the big thing is, Insane Bravery is once a game, this is not. So, exactly right. yeah, so exactly right. it, it does help in that regard. It's definitely toned down from the last one, and the last one wasn't that great. But, uh, you know, I could see it being 1CP and still being fair, you know? Yeah. What's up next? Uh, next one's Drought of Terror. Use a stratagem at the start of the morale phase. Select one Demonic Disciples unit from your army until the end of that phase. They gain the following ability, Draw to Terra. Terror. When an enemy unit is within six inches of, uh, of this unit, each time a model from the uh, flees from the enemy unit, if any models uh, in this unit have lost any ones, they regain lots, uh, one lost wound. If no models in this unit have lost any ones, but it is uh, below starting, or it is not at its starting strength, one unit's destroyed models is returned with one remaining, and then models returned to this unit can't be set up with an engagement range unless you're already in engagement range. It's an anti-horde thing. Uh, if you are going to play Disciples of Bellicor, you're probably going to try and play a decent number of things. And if you go against another horde army, this really hedges your bets. But other than that, not my favorite. Me either. Um, and last one is Blessing of Bellicor. is 2CP. Use a stratagem in any phase when a saving throw uh, made for a Disciples of Bellicor model from your army. Uh, against an enemy attack is failed. If Bellicor is on the battlefield, the damage characteristic of that attack is changed to zero. So 2CP, after you fail to save, you can zero the damage. Um, it's going to be great when it comes up, and for your ho- for your hopes, I hope it doesn't come up too often, because 2CP is probably something you only get to do once a game, right? Yeah, I mean, so the good news is all, all units in your army gain the Disciples of Bellicor faction keyword. So it works on Bellicor. Uh, so... It's usually who you use it on. In yeah, Bellicor, it's 2CP. Yeah. You go, all right, well, you got to melt a shot through after all my no reroll, minus one, minus one, reduced damage. We're just going to take that down to zero. We're just so, going to zero that, yeah. Yeah. Um, not, I like not it. bad in those cases. Not bad. Um, so that is the Disciples of Bellicor. I do, ah, oh, jeez. If you're a mathematician, statistician, if you've got a lot of time on your hands, by all means, comb through the Disciples of Bellicor. And hopefully you find a nice little niche and a list to make your home. I do not think it's worth the squeeze. I don't know. I do not believe what you what you lose is worth the time and the effort for what you gain. Unfortunately, yeah. Um, I hope, hope, to, hope to be wrong. Hope someone brings out some stu- stupidly spicy, awesome tech out of this thing. But it seems so clunky, so unwieldy, and the bonuses just don't add up. Yep. Yeah. yeah. 
I agree with you there. It's unfortunate because I definitely made some good push late in the season last uh, last year under a Disciples Army and you know doing the Disciples Horde thing. But yep. with Horde kind of going away, uh, the loss of the rerolls, but the restrictions all staying the same, and we already saw like not that much Disciples of Bellicor comparatively. Like it just got worse than last yeah. season, yep. and it definitely wasn't pushing the numbers like it needed to. So, totally fair, man. On that note, we have completed. Uh, the review of the Chaos Demons Codex for ninth edition. Um, in, in a very interesting package when you put it all in, like you look at it in its totality, because, yeah, like I said, there is a very feel like this is for supplements in a trench coat. Um, how have your feelings changed? You put it as a possible S-tier codex when last we spoke. I think I'm uh, very certain that this is a B-plus to A-plus codex. I don't see where the S is coming from. I, but I'm willing to be wrong because I would be. It's got a very exciting, beautiful feel to the book. It feels reminiscent of a lot of Eighth Edition mechanics, um, and it's very cool. It's, it seems like it's going to be fun, really fun to play, and packs a hell of a lot of potent damage and dynamic, um, like the dynamic insertion of deep strikes and all that stuff. What are your thoughts, mate? Have it changed at all since last time we did this? Uh, I still think I still think A plus for sure. I think S is depending on if there's some stuff that. I'm not saying maybe some FAQs come out and whatnot, and we'll we'll see what happens. But I definitely think A plus, and yeah. I think it's just because of the fact that there's really aggressive costs. It's I do think that there's enough meat in this that it's going to take some time to kind of crack open what's exactly good. Mm. And this is the biggest thing, uh, in my opinion, of of this codex. The biggest thing with this codex is I think it allows really good players that are really familiar with the codex and familiar with the meta to make meta calls. Yeah. I think that there are certain codexes that lean into certain stuff and there are other codexes that are just generally good because they're barely, you know, they have a couple of cracked data sheets or abilities and whatnot with this codex. I think there are, there's stuff for almost any situation, even though it's lacking shooting really. And I think with that, it allows players to go in and go, all right, what's good right now? All right, I'm going to counter against that. And that's how the old Demon Codex worked. So in in a way, yes, the Demon's Codex has been heavily overhauled, but I think that the Demon's Codex, in my opinion, is a list builder's codex. I think it'll reward really solid list builders. And so I think I think it makes you very adaptable. Beautiful. Um, I, I totally agree with that as well, mate. And on that note, we will wrap up this uh, review in, in in its entirety please join us over on part two part two this week is going to be a compilation of demon luminaries giving us their hot takes and impressions of this book i have nick Nardavati, paul winters scott uh lafountain um matt morisoli i've got the four absolute gents lined up to give us all their insights into the spicy world of demons, what they think is going to be their first build, what they're most excited about, their meme builds, and their most favorite bits and pieces, and how they think demons lines up into this meta. So please join us over there at on uh, sorry, Art of War Down Under over on Patreon or the theartofwar40k.com. Mark, you've been an absolute legend. You've been an absolute superstar. Thank you so much for coming on. My absolute, uh, absolute honor to have you. Um, and yeah, anything you'd like to plug on the way out? Uh, just again, like last time, if, uh, anybody sees me out there, uh, you know, you might see me in my army esports shirt, Leviathan. And if you see me, feel free to talk, feel free to say, Hey, I'm always happy to have discussions. And, uh, if anybody's curious just in general about the army esports team, the army itself, or wants to talk about Warhammer, 
always down to talk. And I just, again, I love to give a shout out to my brothers and sisters that I play with out there. Uh, and thanks for the opportunity from the army to do some representation and, you know, get to be a part of this community. It's, it's really awesome. Thank you so much again, man. Take care. Have a great night. Thank you. You too. Thank you for listening to art of war down under a content review podcast for Warhammer 40k hosted by Adam Camilleri produced by Seamus Ronan enjoyed the show want your lists reviewed and the content you heard put into practice sign up to our Patreon and connect with us online or on Facebook just search for Art of War Down Under signing out from tomorrow